and welcome once again to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast episode number 47. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or you've downloaded for a listen on Spotify or iTunes, thanks very much and it's great that you are supporting us. I'm Steve Lillis with me as usual, my co-pilot John Evans. I know you're okay, John. You had a good weekend in London. Yeah, good weekend in London down at the fights and we've got uh, one of the main protagonists, aren't we, from the weekend with us tonight? We have, mate. Well, he's a, you know what? He's a fellow who, um, he's having some great success as a trainer at the moment. He's boxed, managed, promoted. He's, I don't know what he hasn't done. Um, and, of course, it's Carl Greaves, the trainer of David Avanesion, um, who had such a great win on the inaugural Boxer Build, which is on Sky Sports on Saturday night. Uh, must have been great for you, Saturday. Carl, you fancied him strongly. I don't think you fancied a two-round job. No, he got him out of there quicker than he expected, to be honest. I thought it would be something a bit like the Josh Kelly fight, but um, no, he did a number on him, didn't he? I mean, obviously, uh, Liam Taylor put it all on the line from the first bow. He come and had a good go. Big respect to him. And fair play, went out on his shield, but it was the right stoppage. Uh, definitely the right stoppage. When you watch it back in slow motion, there was three powerful shots that went in there. Yeah. And how was last week for you, Carl? Because you were you were a matchmaker for the show. You had the Eubank fight go belly up after the weigh-in, and you know, or on the Saturday morning, impossible to get a replacement in at that stage for someone like Eubank. And you still look fresh faced and your hair's on your head, but you look a bit <laughs> shaved or bald at the side. I'm not sure what. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a uh, strange week. Obviously, yeah, I was down there from the Tuesday. Uh, it was quite a long week, but it just time flies. To be honest, when you're in the, when you're in the motels, uh, we've got one thing after another to do. Don't really have that much time to yourself, to be honest. But um, I got notified about Eubank uh, on the Friday evening. I was going to watch the um, the MMA show. The, is it the uh, Bellator? Yeah. At the Wembley Arena that was on there on the Friday because all the MMA MMA fighters and all that was in our hotel. Um, so me and uh, Alan Levine got a ticket to go and watch that and I got just before I went there I got notified that Eubank's opponent uh, had a problem with his medical um, so they tried what they tried to do was switching Eudofia's opponent in with Eubank um, but then the, and then obviously me trying to find someone for Eudofia I had Jan Arden um, I did a deal with Kevin Marie to get Jan Arden to come over Saturday morning to fight Udofia. Uh, he agreed it all and then he rang Jan Arden, Jan Arden and he, he wasn't feeling well, so that went pear-shaped. Um, and then in the meantime, um, they knocked Udofia's uh, opponent back for Eubank, so they just decided to keep Udofia uh, on with the original opponent and, uh, and pull Eubank off, which was a big blow to the show, but uh, they lost our game, really, because David Avenison become top of the bill, which, to be honest with you, was rightfully so as well. Yeah. I, know, I know we're not going to touch on David as one of the six topics tonight, but I had a quick word with Neil after the fight, Carl, and he said, you kept it quiet, but he actually turned up this time better than ever. He said it's rare for a 33-year-old, and it wasn't just talk. He, he actually was doing better than you've ever had him over before. Yeah, the thing is with David, I mean... He gained so much confidence from that Josh Kelly victory. Um, it was a tricky fight. I mean, I, I believed in Davies strongly in that fight, but on paper, it was a tricky fight. Um, and he, when he did a number on Josh Kelly, it just confidence has gone up again. He's, he's improved another 10, 20%. And uh, 
he's got the bit between his teeth. He's got a, a young family. He never had a lot as a kid and he's, he's really hungry and he wants to become world champion again. So, I mean, becoming a world champion this time, uh, he'd, he'd have probably won the bout. He'd have won the bout in the ring. I mean, obviously, when he was regular champion before, yeah. he got upgraded from interim champion because Keith Thurman moved on and vacated. Uh, so he ended up fighting Peterson um, as the champion going in. But um, no, we, he wants to win that world title. He's hungrier than ever. He trains harder than ever. He does a lot of hard grafting back home in Russia. So I don't want to take all the credit. But then when he comes over here. Uh, I do a great job of him to six to, for six to eight weeks. Um, and that's it, uh, got it. Yeah, so I do. Uh, I, I train him six to eight weeks before every contest. Um, it was ten at one stage, but we were doing we're doing it because I know he's coming over in great shape, so I haven't got to worry about him. So I've just got to find him real good sparring, do some good technical work, pad work, and and just fine tune him really. All right, well, we'll start. Um, anyone who, I, I dare say anyone who's listening has heard us before. Six three-minute rounds, the end of the three minutes. John Evans gets his bell on, and that's it. You've got to stop mid-sentence, whatever. That's how we run on this podcast, but it's quick, and we just fire on. This week, for a rare occasion, because John's last topic is the one we can talk a bit more about, I'm going to start as John. Um, so when you want to put the timer on, give me the, the, the cue. Yeah, away you go. Uh, round one, um, fight this Saturday, Liam Smith against Anthony Fowler. Um, really just want I'll give a quick opinion on it and get you boys talking to get us moving. I just think Smith's mi- mixed in the better company. You know, his last fight was a loss to an, a decent unbeaten fight. It was it Kilbanoff, you know, and he's still beating good fighters. Roberto Garcia, you know, he stopped Sanger Eggington only three or four fights ago. I don't think... Fowler's been mixing in that same company. Fowler's with a trainer, um, Shane McGuigan, who's very, very good and improves fighters. Um, I just think the only way I can see Smith losing this is if, if he's absolutely gone so far past it from Kurbanov, or however well Fowler is. I don't think there's few fighters who train as hard as what Anthony, Anthony Fowler does. I just fancy Smith strong. Well, it's a fight I'm really excited for. Local derby, the arena's packed, and the only shame is he's going to clash at the same time on TV as um, as the the Brad Foster fight against Jason Cummingham for the British, European, and Commonwealth Super Bantamweight. But we'll talk about that, I dare say, next Monday. Just get you two guys' opinions on Smith Fowler as well. I I, I, I won't be quick because Carl's the trainer here, but I think it's a, a surefire thriller, isn't it? You know, the styles, the personalities and everything and the atmosphere and Liverpool as a fight city, you know, they'll each know half the city, won't they? And it, it'll be a, a real big fight. And that's why I fancy Liam strongly. I think it, this is a type of fight that Liam maybe could be forgiven for overlooking, you know, as you said, he's mixed in a much higher level. But the fact that it's a local derby and Liam's that spiteful, nasty character who won't want to lose a local derby. You know, if he was lacking motivation for the opponent, the fact that the kid's from half a mile away, that'll really put a fire under Liam on it. And I think it might be closer than people think, but I think it'll be a surefire, you know, thriller for the fans there. Yeah, I'm the same. I fancy Liam Smith. Uh, I have done from day one. I really rate Liam Smith. Uh, He's a good fighter. He's got a lovely left hook to the body. Um, I think, obviously, Fowler have his moments early doors. He's big, he's strong at the weight. He has improved under Shane McGuigan, but... Like Steve said, unless Liam Smith's got old overnight, I just can only see one winner. But it's a very, very good fight on a great card. 
Um, I mean, I've been very impressed with some of the bills that Dazone's put together at the moment since I put the new deal over. But this card's a really strong one, and uh, I think it'll be a great night of boxing. But yeah, I definitely fancy Smith big time. Yeah, I think going back to what you said there, John, that nastiness he's got, and he's got that. And I think, you know what? I don't think Liam gets enough credit. I know he was well beaten, but how he hung in there so well against Canelo that night. And that, you know what? This Saturday, the whole occasion won't bother him. His temperament against Canelo when there was 70,000 booing him was something else. And he's just one of these guys that won't be bothered by anything. I fancy him big on Saturday night. I know you fancy him close, John. I'm massive for him this week. Round two, over to you, Carl. And you're talking about um, some of the misery you're having as a matchmaker right now. Yeah, it's really tough at the moment. A lot of promoters are struggling big time with matchmaking. There's just so many shows and just not enough away fights to go around. It's a big problem in boxing, in my opinion. I mean, you, you look at, you look on, we just look through the ratings and everything and, and 80%, 90% of fighters are all home kids. We're winning records that won't take a chance away. And we're all struggling for the same kids week in, week out, unless we can get competitive English title fights and area title fights on the bill where there will be 50-50 fights. But at the minute, to build a fire, it's very difficult. I mean, obviously, bringing foreigners over is a problem as well with all the COVID and all the testing and that beforehand. And the border control just aren't consistent enough who they're letting in the country. They're knocking back, knocking back some fires and letting other fires in, and there's just no consistent, really. So, um, yeah, it's a major problem, and it needs sorting out. But um, I just feel that we need to get more kids on the road, more kids that's willing to come and have a go. Instead of wanting to build the records up, get padded records and wait until the opportunity comes. But it's a difficult one, really, because you want to build your fires. You want to get them ready for the championship contest, get them in positions. But to do that, you've got to get the right matches. And at the moment, it's really tough. And I'll just be brief. So I think getting the right matches, I also don't think the journeymen are good enough at the moment. There's a lot of them just going around to get through four rounds. Where's the journeyman gone who you'd learn from? We've still got your Jordan Granhams, your Fonz Alexanders who can make guys work. But some of these guys are almost, fights look almost, I'll say it, they look, you know, I was talking this with someone today, they look almost fucking set up because... Yeah, I mean, I've got aren't I mean, good enough. I'm not, you know, and that 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 I think that's also a problem matchmakers have. They're having to use these same guys who aren't good enough, and you took the kids aren't learning from them. No, and the thing is, you rely on the same guys to get through week in, week out. So it's just getting a bit of a joke, to be honest. You rely on, I mean, I've got a really, really good away fight, Lee Connolly. He had a draw, know, the, got a draw the other night, yeah. He had a draw against, uh, yeah, against Doyle, who was former Commonwealth champion. And Lee's one of these kids, if you have a word in his ear, mate, he will give it a right go. Um, you know what I mean? If he knows he's up against it, he'll do enough. You know what I mean? He's really clever, good, good. He'll always make you work, always make you learn. So he's a type we need. There's a few we've got, but like you say, we haven't got the... A lot's just coming to, to just pinch money, to be honest. Well, but Carl, you, are you finding out a minute that a lot of people, are, a lot of these kids are trying to go over distance because the money's so good and there's so many opportunities at the minute. They don't want to risk getting stopped. Yeah, that's another problem we've got. I mean, some of these coaches are saying, look, make sure you get through this tonight because you're out next week. And, yeah. and all these promoters are relying on these kids to get through. You know what I mean? And uh, Yeah. Over to you, John Evans. Um, you want to talk about Saturday show with Boxer? I think I'll leave this to you and Carl most yeah, of the way. Yeah, that's right. 
I went down, um, me and Carl were in opposite corners on Saturday. I'm a, a friend of Liam Taylor, so I went down to watch that. But I also fancied having a look at the first boxer show and, and the setup. Uh, I was talking to a few people down there, um, and they've got some good people who've got the sports intentions at heart, haven't they, Carl? Um, you know, yeah. for people I was speaking to, they say, yeah, we've got all this, all these new graphics. I saw some bullshit about a heat map and stuff like that, and big stage entrances and rappers performing and stuff he said but we know that the most important thing is the fight so I, I was pleased to hear that we've got people with influence who know the sport who are in the new promoters here saying look you can do all the flashy stuff you want but we've got to get good fights and I think I know you're the matchmaker Carl I think you've got a crucial role here for the next year because we've not got the big star names at the moment and it's going to sink or swim on the quality of the fights isn't it this and from looking at yeah. that setup. I think there's going to be a lot of money going to it. There's going to be a lot of show, but sorry to pile more pressure on you, but I think it's going to be the quality of matches that are really going to see if this works. Yeah, well, I work alongside John with shoes on, who's like yeah. got so much experience. He's been around boxing many years. I mean, he was involved with Matchroom for 20 odd years until Eddie come in and obviously John moved on. So I work alongside John with the matchmaking. He does the main fights and I do like all the undercard. But you're right, we need good competitive matches. And let's hope that some of these trainers will let these fighters step up to the plate because that's another problem. I mean, you're dealing with, with trainers that's not really prepared to let the kids off, off, you know what I mean, off the lead. And, and you're thinking to yourself, well, come on, let's let's have a go now. It's just time. You're 10-0 now. Let's, it's time you're going to step up and have a fight. So let's just see what happens. But you're right, the match is really important. You've got to get it right. You've got to have competitive matches on TV shows. Otherwise, you just may as well go and watch a small all show. You know what I mean? You've got Sky viewing, you've got Sky people, you've got Sky money. And it's a major, uh, like you say, you've got to get it right and get the good matches for TV and for the public that's watching. I think also, is it harder across the ball? Boxer, Frank, Eddie, Mick Hennessy, you know, there's so many TV broadcasters now. It's you know, it's hard to get, to get good fighters under your roof because everyone's got a few. There's not enough good fighters to really go round. You know, it's it's really really tough. You know, you know. Look, for example, you know, I appreciate how hard it is to boxer at the moment. You know, getting new facing. Richard, is it Riakapur headlining a show in November? It's just an example. He's a good fighter, a good domestic level European level fighter. But I think it's just so hard at the moment across the board. You know, getting is too. There's not enough good fighters to go round for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, round. F- yeah, go on, Steve. Round, round four. four. Just want to talk about Triller. Over. Uh, had a bit of a, <laughs> you know Triller since they come into boxing. It's the Triller nightmare, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, the guy that's running it is it. Um, what's I've got written his name down. So yeah, Ryan Kavanagh. I mean, he's financed over. He got financing for two hundred major films and. But you know, I wouldn't tell him how to make a film, but I certainly think us three could tell him what he should be doing with a boxing. You look, this Tofimo Lopez, George Cambosis thing. It's the only sport anyone can come along and infiltrate without experience. And we've seen them for years, but I don't think on this level where you go and offer a purse bid, $6 million for Tofimo Lopez versus George Cambosis. I mean, the bids were won in January. There was a catalogue of dates, including tonight. Now it's been pulled because of the Cambosis dispute. And 
God knows what Cambos's team were doing trying to get an extra $400 because they've given <laughs> Triller the writ the excuse to dump the fight. I mean, they, you know, first of all, how can you pay $3 million, $4 million than, um, than what a fight's worth? But worst of all, you know who I feel sorry for it is Tiafimo Lopez. I know he's had his bust up with top rank and maybe was a bit of a dick around the start of all that, but he should right now be one of the most talked about fighters in the world because of how good he is. Instead, he's one of the most talked about because of this Triller disaster. And you think we're two weeks away from the anniversary of him beating Lomachenko. It's terrible. Just, you know, what do you guys think? Oh, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. But I was reading a, a, re a report today about this lawsuit they filed where they're insisting that Cambosas gets dropped from the rankings now, aren't they? Because he's refusing to fight that. <laughs> even though he, uh, even though he didn't, he accepted one delay, but because he's not accepted the neck, they're saying uh, he's at fault for the entire shambles, and we want him removing from the rankings. So Cambosis has gone from buying his plot of land in Australia and building his dream house to scrapping around on undercards again. He, uh, I don't know what a farce. Yeah, Lopez should be moving on, shouldn't he? Now, yeah. what a great fighter he is. I mean, after Lemachenko win, he should be pushing on big time, but. His career's just been stalled by all this farce, hasn't it? You know what I mean? Um, such a shame, really, but what a fighter he is. Let's see. Let's hope we can get him back in the ring soon. I'll tell you what, I got a call last week from, I can't, I'm not going to name the guy. You won't know him anyway. PR man, I know very, very well. He's a lovely fella. And he's been approached by somebody Triller in this, someone who's doing, who knows them in this country to do their PR for them. <laughs> oh, so wow. him, you're going to be fighting fire. And I think <laughs> he's got a meeting with them to start to improve their PR, but God knows how he's going to do that. I think they're going to have another go in boxing. I think they're still doing a show at the Barclays center in a couple of weeks with on a Monday night at the Barclays center with people nowhere. Oh, no, anyway. Round five, yeah. Carl, when we, we, you want to talk about, you know, we, we were chat, chatting earlier on and you were thinking of a second subject and I suggested tell people about how you cope with your life in boxing. Manager, trainer, promoter, matchmaker, fire away. Yeah, it's an interesting one. People say, how do you manage to do all what you do? And let's be honest, it's his difficult task. But I've coped well. I mean, I've been, been full-time now since 2006. You know what I mean? I'm really proud of my achievements. And... Uh, I think the main thing is you've got to be organised. I'm very strong-minded. Uh, I have everything planned. I'm very organised. I mean, I'm in the gym a lot of the time in the day, uh, training fires. I do a bit of personal training and what have you. And obviously, I've, when David's over, it's, he's a full-time job on his own. But, I mean, I managed to do it. I mean, the promoting side of it is uh, putting a show together. I find pretty easy now. But it's a matchmaking. I do my own matching as well. That can be tough. And it can be very stressful when you have fighters pull out. You know what I mean? Especially close to a show. Um, but yeah, I've always I've always done it. I mean, the managing side of it. I mean, I manage most of my kids that I manage are own fighters that go on my own shows. So that's pretty, pretty easy to to work with, to uh, to monitor. I mean, my away fighters, they haven't got many now. I mean, I've only got probably half a dozen. I think I've only got four that's active. So, away fighters, I mean, you can't just accept any match because you've got to be careful who you're putting them in with sometimes. I mean, you get the you get a phone call, you don't just say yes straight away. You've got to look at the fine because you've got to think of the health and safety. You know what I mean? These kids that see away fighters are tough kids, but you've still got to be a little bit choosy sometimes and not put them in over the red and 
and make sure they're getting looked after. But yeah, I mean, I manage. It is tough. It's very tough. I mean, my last show in Leicester was probably the most stressful one I've ever done. I mean, I lost um, lost my biggest ticket seller, Callum Blotley. And then I lost um, Keenan Wingfield. There was another big ticket seller, replaced him uh, with Eddie Sopkins. She, she never recovered from COVID. So she pulled off. Then I lost Sheldon Purday. And then I lost a couple of opponents for me. It was so, so stressful. It was the biggest show I'd put on. So that did affect me, that did. I mean, I lost a bit of weight with that and, and it really got me down. But we pulled it together on the night. It worked out really well. So, yeah, I mean, but it is tough. Um, but I manage all right. And uh, as long as I can keep doing what I'm doing, I'll, I'll enjoy it and enjoy it most of the time. And obviously on Saturday night, when you get wins like that, it makes it all worthwhile. Oh, um, sorry, John, go on. No, I was going to say there's only a few seconds left, but I was going to say, Cal, do you enjoy it? I don't, yeah, I mean, it's most of the time, but it is stressful. It is very stressful. I mean, yeah, but I don't think I'd want to do anything else, to be honest. Are you and John Peck? Oh, I'm going to ask that afterwards. Yeah, ask that after. Um, round six, over to you, John. Yeah, it's a, a big one this weekend, isn't it? Biggest fight of the year, do you reckon? Fury Wilder 3. Finally getting in the ring, but cross your fingers, there's no COVID tests or stuff like that. Uh, I, I think this could be the most exciting of the three fights, purely because um, Wilder knows what he's got to do. Wilder can't outbox him, he's got to land power, and he's got to do it pretty quick. Um, so I think it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm probably in the same bracket as a lot of people, but I think it purely depends on what Tyson Fury turns up. I don't think we know. You know, will, he, will Joshua's defeat to Usyk, will that have lit a fire under Tyson? You know, but I am now number one and I'll prove it to everybody. Will he be lacking motivation because he's seen that big payday go up in smoke? We literally don't know what side of the bed Tyson's going to get out of, do we, and how he's going to react. Um, I can't wait for it. You know, I, I think Wilder's going to come out firing. I think he's going to put his all into it. And it's what how Tyson reacts. I'm going to pick Tyson by stoppage, but I think we might get a, a thrilling four or five rounds here. Carl? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an intriguing fight again, isn't it? I mean, Wilder's he's looking like he's improved quite a lot. He's got a new training team and now I've seen bits and bobs of him training and he's looking a little bit sharper than that and he's still got that devastating power. Um, and if it lands, it's good night, isn't it? But I mean, Tyson Fury, I think he's got his number now. I think he really believes he's got his number. He's a great boxer and he's he's probably all wrong for Deontay Wilder. You know what I mean? I think he's got his number and I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll win convincingly again. But like you say, you can never take your eyes off it because Wilder's got devastating power in that right hand, but he's not a very good boxer. So let's be honest, he's very raw and limited. But um, you can't take you can't take chances with him because he can punch. I don't write off Wilder for one second. Um, I think a lot of this, it, it, you know what? I've got, you know, I think he could be mentally ruined from the... You know, not just the belting he took in the last fight and almost still in denial about what happened on the night. You know, I don't think that helps him at all being in denial. Like Joshua lost to Usyk straight away. I got beat by the better man. I've got to do this, do that. This guy seems in denial. So whether he's mentally, you know, mentally he's beaten from that, but also mentally from that 12th round in the first fight in Los Angeles when 
Tyson went down. You know, we were literally reaching for the remotes to switch off but when Jack Reese got to four or five, weren't we? We was all tied in the middle of the night. And you see Wilder celebrating, looking to his corner. You know, both arms are in the air. I think, I've won it. I've done it. And suddenly to see Tyson get up. And it that, you know, mentally, that, that leaves an effect. And I think the last fight, if he's affected mentally, I think Tyson can walk through him, you know, walk through him like he did last time. But... If, if, if the, you know, the talk we've had from Malik Scott and Deontay Wilder has been convincing, we always hear a lot of convincing talk. But if, you know, if, if he's there and goes in there with genuine belief, I think Tyson's in for a hellish night before he, and he will pull through, but I think he'll have trouble. Even though I think it was the second fight, he, he took an, a tremendous right hand in the first fight, in the, in the first round, Tyson. I think you saw his, his right knee go a little bit, um, and he just recovered quickly. It showed his powers of recuperation. You can't write Wilder up, but I fancy Tyson to come through. You know, but I, I, I've toyed with it both ways, but I, I'm, I'm with Tyson quite big. The nearer we get, and I think a lot of people buying into this agenda of uh, Tyson not being right. They seem to be setting this up as the fight weak agenda in the, the media. Yeah. No, well, yeah. he's, he's people. I've, I've seen people saying he's not prepared, but he's better prepared when he was for that first fight, isn't he? Of course, like, he is. Yeah, yeah. Have it straight like that. So yeah, I, that's I a just great think point. whatever whatever frame of mind Wilder's in, he's gonna he's got to come out swinging, and that just makes for excitement, doesn't it? Does anyone know? Does anyone know how it's sold? How's it sold? I've no idea. You know what? I don't. Th I mean, I, I haven't. You know, because the fact they haven't, Carl, haven't really done a lot of publicity. They've done it the old school pay per view way. You know, if yeah. you, you go back to all the Lewis fights, you have the big grand announcement, um, big grand press conference, and all the fighters will go to their camp, do conference calls and stuff with the media, and then three weeks before they'd start selling the show for pay-per-view purposes, you know, um, and TV purposes to get subscribers in and what have you. And it looks like they've done the same here. And I think maybe the people in Las Vegas have um, been thinking, well, the Brits aren't coming. They can't fly. Why put a budget into trying to sell, sell out the arena? Because there'd be no British in there. And you know what? Yeah. I'm also, what I'm hearing, I spoke to someone today who's out there and um, they've gone to Las Vegas for the first time in a while before pre-COVID and they said, you'll be shocked at the state of it now. Really? You know, in yeah, what way? Well, just homelessness on the streets, just wow. run down, look, looking run down, you know, outside the casinos. Because, right? so many, wow. yeah, so many people have lost jobs and Bunsy I was speaking to just sent me a message saying, you know, it's your first time and you can see how the pandemic's really hit the city out, you know, outside the, the whole, and even a lot of the hotel rooms are now looking tired because, you know, they'll be freshening them up all the time. They, they haven't had the income. He said, it's quite, you know, you know, you know nothing like what, what we, what we know it as when we've been there before. What's it on pay-per-view BT sport? BT box office. Your rivals, oh. your enemies, the people you're not allowed to mention. You're going to get told <laughs> off for mentioning BT Sport tomorrow. <laughs> no, mate. No, not at all. Question I was going to ask you, John, um, Carl, before you ever said, John, that name's coming in now again. Do you think people like you and John Pegg, you, are you two the last of like an old school breed who work this hard and do everything, manage, train, promote, make matches for people? Yeah, there's one or two. I mean, you got you got Chris Saniger. He still he still dabbles a little bit in the training and that. He's he's been around a long time. You got Steffi Bull. Um, yeah, Steffi, doing, I doing apologise to Steffi. He yeah, there's not there's, well, yeah. not there's not many. There's not many. I mean, not many that's doing the whole lot. 
Um, very few. I mean, they must look at us a lot and think we're crazy, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, it makes me laugh with a lot of these promoters because they've got every man and the dog working for him and Carl Greaves promotions is Carl Greaves, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I do everything. And I cope, you know what I mean? The only hey. thing... The only time I get help is on the night when I've got, uh, obviously, I have Phil Joe's running my show on the night because I'm doing, and that's if I'm doing the corners and wrapping the hands and that and got my own fighters that I train on. But yeah, it's funny, really. I mean, uh, that's probably why I make a few quid on my shows. I don't lose money very often because I've got nobody to pay at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> you're too tight anyway. So you're, you're too tight. So, someone said that they went to your house and asked, is it true? I know someone in boxing went to your house, house Carl. And you said you want sugar with a cup of tea. You served it with a bloody uh, spoon. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Listen, I'm one, of the most, I'm one of the most generous. I know. People you know what? I've been out with you before. I know I, you are. I'll mate. give anybody anything. I mate. know you would, mate. Even, I'm was that was that the same person I was speaking to? He said if he went round to Carl's on Sunday morning. He turned the gas off when he flipped his bacon. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm that tight. I'm with tea bags on the washing line after abused them. <laughs> oh, mate, now you're not plus, like that. Plus I know toilet so he can see nah, what he's mate. giving away. I know you're. I know you're. I just, it's just how I am. I think what it is, I've been let down a lot in life, and uh, I always feel to myself, you know, every time I've told somebody what to do, I may as well do it myself. You know what I mean? Every yeah. time I've sent the message, out, oh, can you do this and that? I mean, I've got a, a lad, um, David Wainwright. He does a lot for me now as well, behind oh, the know, scenes. I've seen the name somewhere, yeah. yeah. He does a lot of uh, PR for me and he's, he's a good press officer for me. He's nice to have him board. And on the night, I get a lot of help, you know what I mean, when I'm doing corners and that. But leading up to the show, I do everything, put it all together, book everything and get all the tickets distributed to all the fighters and, and yeah, and match make the show. So uh, at least I know where I am, mate. I've got my checkbook, my ticking off list, and tick it all off, and job's done. You love it though, because you love boxing. You, your enthusiasm for boxing is uh, is something else. I think you got, you know, you yeah. you have got that. You you know, you you still love the sport. Or you won't be doing it like this. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, really, because I mean, obviously, when you was on about the Cambosis and the Lopez and that, I'm I'm. I'm not really on track with all that now, you know. I lose track of it all because I'm so busy in my own stuff. And obviously, I'm more of a grassroots man, me. I follow yeah. the British boxing to a T, you know what I mean? But when it comes to all that um, that foreigners and them Americans and that, I've lost it. I've lost not so much interest. I just haven't got the time, you know what I mean? So uh, I was a little bit... I was like, I like listening to you about the thriller stuff and all that, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it, it was it was good. All right, then, fellow. I'll tell you what, you've been a good guest again. Carl, we'll get you on again in no a couple problem. of months, mate. It was just yeah. a great week to get you on this week. And before yeah. I let you go, good luck with Ryland Charlton on Saturday against Luke Willis, yeah. I think he's got. No, I'm, I'm not. You know what? I'm not training Ryland no more. Oh, I thought um, he was still up there with you. Yeah, no, what it was, I mean, I'll put it out there. I, I haven't really said a lot, to be honest, but he, I had a, he had a little trial with me uh, ages ago now. I've come up for a few sessions and we gelled really well. And then when he got the fight date, um, he moved over here. And uh, he just, just wasn't working out for him. He was missing home too much. He wasn't really performing in the gym. And he was struggling a bit. So, obviously, he decided the best thing to do was to go back home. Um, he couldn't handle being away. To be honest with you, I was the same. I hated being away as a fire. I always stayed local. And, uh, yeah, so he went back home and uh, he's gone back to his old trainer, which... 
Listen, he's a lovely kid and I wish him really well. I mean, we, there's no hard feelings there. Was, we, it, we agreed it was a mutual thing and we thought it was the best thing for him to do. So, um, yeah, I wish him all the best at the weekend, but no, it didn't work out. He was missing home too much and uh, it was affecting his training. Well, I'll tell you what, Cal, just before you do go, for someone who knows the British grassroots and as a matchmaker, that's a fight, isn't it? Charlton and Luke Willis. It is a fight, yeah. you got a boxer v puncher. Um, it'll be an interesting one. Um, I mean, he can really punch Ryland, but um, Willis is a fantastic southpaw, a good boxer, high skill level. So, yeah, it's a boxer v puncher. It's a really intriguing one. Uh, I'll definitely be tuning in on Saturday. Yeah, just you wonder what Ryland might have done if he'd he boxed in it as a kid, as an amateur. You wondered what he might have done if he hadn't gone backpacking around Thailand and Cambodia for a few years and working yeah, in yeah. all centres there. I, I do, I do. to be truthful with you, and I said this to, to his manager, Dan, and obviously Ryan himself, I do feel like they've gone about it the wrong way with Ryland. I mean, after he beat Joe Laws, I think they should have uh, built him a little bit, you know what I mean? Put a bit of time and money into him and built him instead of just chucking him in straight in with the Florian Marco fight at the wrong way. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, he'd been having a few sessions with me and then I didn't see him for like two or three weeks. And then he come back to the gym, started camping. He was only 10 stone six. You know what I mean? He's under the wall. He walks around under the wall weight limit. So he should never have been in with Florian Marco. I think his Andrew's tired a bit. I think they put the pressure on him and Dan to take that fight. So it'll be, intrig- it'll be interesting to see what he does at lightweight. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tough fight, though, for him, in my opinion, especially style-wise. But um, we'll see. But he's definitely got a puncher's chance. Carl, thanks for that bit of insight at the end there and everything else tonight. John, great to speak. See you as always, mate. And I'll give you a call in a week, Mr. Evans. Yeah, no worries, Steve. Thanks, Carl. Cheers. Nice one, lads. Thanks for asking me to come on. Top lads. Thank you. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.